All right, so uh, another PF post game coming up, Dave. I think this is becoming a fun thing of my week. I really look forward to it. And, um, you know, first question out the gate, where's Joe Brady end up? Because there's still a lot of positions, I think, in college and possibly even the NFL in the offseason. But I feel like he's got to land a job somewhere. I think Joe Brady, upon getting this news, should have fought Matt Rule. Because if Matt Rule had the sense to fire him two weeks ago, Joe Brady would be he might be the head coach of Virginia Tech. Yeah. I would have I would have I would have liked that a lot. Yeah, he could have gotten all sorts of top you know, top jobs or consideration. He's the offense coordinator at Florida now with Billy Napier or something. Like he could have all sorts of opportunities that are now closed because of this. Um I'm not sure where he ends up or wherever it is, I think he's gonna be successful. Yeah. And he'll be back in the he will be an NFL head coach within the next four years. I, I think so. And it's funny if he would end up at Florida because that's Dan Mullen's shtick was to fire coordinators when he's the actual problem. And he fired too many coordinators and they finally fired him this year. So, yeah, um, I I, th- I was so, so surprised by it. And I feel like organizations like the Panthers, like I don't give them the benefit of the doubt because I haven't seen really that they've been a well-run organization at, at any point th- th- at this point. And so this kind of firing just tells me that it's the same system- systemic problem. Yeah. I mean, they got new ownership after uh creepy McOld guy there got run out on a rail but and that was actually the hard knocks that year for the Panthers was mm-hmm. the first year after the new guy took over um but yeah I mean I agree they just don't seem to make a lot of sharp decisions I mean they took CMC in the top 10 of the draft so that's obviously a huge mistake mm-hmm. firing Joe Brady I, I I mean I I don't get it with that with that team at all they should be much better than they are I, I don't get it. scapegoat. So Dave, you got to be feeling feeling real good about Michigan, right? They they took care of business. That was awesome. Yeah, uh, it was awesome too because the first half was actually very tense. Michigan making a lot of mistakes in the first mm-hmm. half. They were only up fourteen to three at halftime, and then they came out in the second half, all settled down, better, force a three and out, get the ball, go down the field, score a touchdown. Because in the first half, the only two touchdowns came on like big plays. Yeah. So one of them a trick play. They're both awesome, and they were back to back, but. Uh, that was it for the first half. So for them to settle down the second half and come out and just really put it all over Iowa. Also, I love Michigan calling a flea flicker up 35 to three. Yeah. Because I believe in normalizing the flea flicker. I think teams should call them four or five times a game because it keeps defenses honest. And so doing it up 35 to three, I thought was, uh, was absolutely fantastic. One with cruelty. Since they've been playing the, the Brady documentary, which I haven't watched a minute of, by the way, but I've been seeing clips on Instagram and they recently just talked about the 07 team. And actually one of the highlights that they showed about Randy Moss's ridiculous season that year was actually like three or four flea flickers that the Patriots ran that, that season. So I'm all, I'm with you. Yeah, no flea flicker should be a base play. In, in like a screen pass like it should just be like a base mm-hmm. play people run all the time in different ways and different types and and all sorts of things because it's really just like reverse play action mm-hmm. <laughs> like i think i think it's fantastic so taking your fan hat off because i have thoughts about the playoff but taking your fan hat off and your emotional hat off mm-hmm. um how do you legitimately feel about the playoff field and who do you think has the best chance uh, michigan will win each game by 28 points seriously <laughs> no no of course not <laughs> um I think I think that the team with the best chance to win is probably it's got to be Alabama because they've got the easiest first round game. So like if we're talking about best chance to make it all the way through, yeah, 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 it's Alabama. I do think Georgia might still be the best team, mm-hmm. but the chasm in quarterback play between Georgia and 
in Alabama was evident, and it's pretty clear that Bryce Young's best effort beats Georgia's best effort. Yeah. But, like, if you get a B-plus effort from both teams, I think Georgia can can win in that case. Uh, see, I actually very much like Michigan in that first game. And it's – I don't know. There's something – intangible about the way that they're playing like it almost feels like a weight has been lifted off of that team in that program mm-hmm. and george is coming in there's a, there's a little bit of a lull period between the last time that they played they got embarrassed to be honest with you by alabama like nick saban basically pulled a belichick on kirby smart and was like oh i don't care who you are like i can out coach you my team is better i know what i have behind me but michigan yeah. feels like they're playing with something a little bit different right it's not just an x's and o's thing and I, I don't know i feel very bullish about the wolverines and i don't want to jinx it i just looking at the way that they've been playing they've been playing with a lot of emotion and sometimes that does trump a little bit when you get that kind of momentum i, I mean i think michigan's got a good shot in this game better than the implied seven and a half point underdogs that they are i think it's a fair line but yeah. i think their odds of winning the game are are higher than that because i don't know how georgia's going to respond if they fall behind yeah you know, if they have to pass, if they're starting to get whatever. But that tight end for Georgia, Brock Bowers, that dude is legit. He is, and he has been making Stetson Bennett look like a capable quarterback in this game. Yeah, yeah. Brock Bowers, if you have not watched him, at first he's a true freshman, so he won't be going into the league for another two years. Mm-mm. But he will be a you know, top 12 draft pick at the tight end position when, when the time comes. He looks like if George Kittle was just playing – in college football right now yeah he does and george kittle's fantastic by the way you were so spot on about that he is a joy to watch yes yes uh his quarterback is ass yes but, uh, he's a joy to watch kind of like brock bowers oh god the the the, the georgia quarterback situation is bad because jt daniels didn't look very good and then he got hurt and then they put bennett in and technically he gave them the best chance to win but i feel like that was on borrowed time and man they looked bad. Like they looked real. They got exposed against yes. uh, Alabama. Like totally exposed. They did. Also, Jamison Williams, the wide receiver number one for Alabama, who just outran, as my friend uh, Michigan Ben put it, outran the entire state of Georgia. Yeah. To, to the end zone, he transferred from Ohio State to Alabama because he could not get snaps at Ohio State. That is, yeah. You said that in the in the text, and I'm like, wow, we can't get snaps at Ohio State, but. Is He's on the starting f- for Alabama. I mean, really? <laughs> Which tells yeah. you what? Either Ohio State had a lot of talent and they just didn't put him in, or what? Uh, yeah, so Ohio State was shocked that Chris Olave came back to school for his senior year. Right. And so was Jamison Williams. So Williams decided to bounce because uh, he should really, Ohio State should have just told Chris Olave, like, no, son, you're going pro. <laughs> Good yeah. luck to you. And keep Jamison Williams around. Uh, but honestly, I think Jamison Williams is better than Chris Olave. Mm, he looked. Good. I think he's better at college. I think he's a better pro prospect. I just think Jamison Williams is better at all, just all the way around. And that Ohio State made a mistake if they had to pick between the two, keeping Chris Olave. Yeah, I mean, I guess you can't really argue with the results in some way for for Ohio State. It's not as if they're they're in a Clemson position here, and they're. Well, you know, it's funny. Right. Speaking of that, by the way. I want to know what Cleve really thinks a rebuild is because Clemson finished in like the top 20 after the way that they looked and sure, not nearly what they were, but there's not many programs that can sustain that kind of success year after year after year. Like Saban, I feel like is kind of an outlier and I felt like 
Clemson still played better at the end of the season. It just wasn't up to par with what they had with Lawrence and Deshaun Watson and all that. If they had opened the season with Wisconsin instead of Georgia, they would have won like nine games this year and they'd be ranked 14th right now. Yeah. I mean, technically they had a down season by comparison to what they've done, but it wasn't like it was a bad season. But I think the the quarterback, uh, Ui Ungalale, did I say that right? Yeah. I think I got that right. Yeah, it was good. Um, I think he's, you know, he, he, this was not a great year for him, but I don't think that that necessarily means that he's trash. You know what I mean? No, he's fine. I mean, we'll want to see more from him. next year on his way in, into into the league but he's obviously yeah. gonna get a shot in the nfl he's i mean he looks like peyton manning yeah, he does. you know what i mean like like physically in his stature and like how he throws the ball and whatever yeah so he's he's gonna get a shot and clemson in general should be better should be better next year you know that will shipley he, he got hurt this year the stud freshman mm-hmm. running back he'll be um he'll be back the three top running backs in high school last year were actually will shipley at clemson Travion Henderson at Ohio State, and then Donovan Edwards of the 75-yard miracle touchdown pass against Iowa. This <laughs> dime on a rope on the trick play. Um, outside of the Notre Dame coach, which I completely had forgotten about. That was a gaffe on my part. Um, Sorry. Any any coaches, I, f- I forget, because it looks like Fickle's actually going to coach the Bearcats. Like, I don't think there's any program that's going to steal him away, right? No, and by him not going to Notre Dame, it tells me that he might be waiting on Ohio State. He might think that Ryan Day has one more year left and that he's either going pro or something and he'll go to Ohio State. Smart move, I think, because I think it's, I would say it's probably easier to win consistently at Ohio State, but I mean, I'm thinking about like academic standards and stuff like that. Um, And for him, he's obviously going to a place he's he's familiar with. The, the, the alumni and the fans over there at Notre Dame have a they have a different feel about them, and I have to ask you about that. And um, they Notre Dame feels like they haven't been truly relevant for a very long time, but yet they're obviously relevant in like college football history and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's been a billion years since they've won a national title. Like, do they deserve to have that feeling about them that they're like a higher level of college football institution because of the history, or is it sort of? A similar Cowboys vibe where they haven't done something for so long. I know they were in the national title game and they've and they've been in the playoff a couple of times, but I think you understand my larger point. So they made the playoffs two out of the last four years. They played in the BCS title game against Alabama yeah. in 2012, where they let Eddie Lacy run for five touchdowns. Yeah. So that tells you how they belonged in that game. Feast mode. But yeah, feast mode. Um Mule Team Six. Um it depends on how you look at Notre Dame. I, well, I'm a little biased because I fucking hate Notre Dame. Okay. I view Notre Dame as one of the best mid-majors in college football. Okay. I mean, they're an independent. I do not think, so. I do not think just like someone Cincinnati last week. No, again, Cincinnati's good. And if they beat Alabama and they play Michigan and they beat Michigan, I want them to come back to me and be like, you said Cincinnati was trash. Cincinnati's a good team. I'm just saying that when you don't play one of the big five conferences, you don't actually play real football game in and game out yeah. by and large and Notre Dame's in that boat they can sort of pick and choose their schedule they can duck and they can do whatever and they're sort of halfway in the ACC but not really and you know they like have this independent thing but they don't get to play for anything once they lose a game you know if they were in the Big Ten West they would have been playing Michigan for a right to go to the playoff instead they're at home watching because there's nothing for them to nothing for them to do there so I do not uh think very highly of Notre Dame, but because they have been in the playoff two of the last four years, they're definitely relevant and they recruit at a relevant level. So I do think that they're a relevant program. 
even though five to ten years from now, if they don't get in a conference, they're not going to be anymore. No, I know. That's why I said I think they're relevant in terms of like college football. But when you talk to their fans, they act as if they're Alabama right now because they basically won national championships when white people only played football. At least that's what it feels like. <laughs> they won in 1988. It wasn't that long ago. You and I were five. Cleve was 50. I mean, that's a long time ago. <laughs> I mean, it, it is a long time, but I think national championships are really hard to come by in college football, especially when Alabama keeps winning one of every two that happened. Yeah. So I don't like to judge just on national championships. I think making the playoff twice in four years is a huge accomplishment. But, for example, I think it was last year mm-hmm. they made it. And they had to play Clemson in the first round, and they got trashed or something like that. They or played the Alabama. Last, it, was, it was, yeah, it was the time before that. Yeah, they made it. They played Clemson in the first round, and they got trashed by Clemson. But it's like, well, if you were just in the ACC, this would have been the ACC title game. So you actually shouldn't have made the playoff in the first place. Yes, yes. And so, yeah, you know, if um if Michigan had lost this week, Notre Dame would be in the playoff again if they're not playing this last Saturday. And that's what I mean. So like, I don't think that they, I don't think they're like a real football program. Unless they play real football. I mean, I think that they're, it's kind of trash how they, how they try to skirt this uh, system or whatever, but they are still relevant. And uh, of course their fans think they're more important than they are. I mean, look at how the program operates. The program thinks it's more important than it is. Of course the fans think that. Yeah, that's true. I just, I, I, you know me, I don't like fan bases and fans that think they're better than, and I trash my own fan bases all the time uh, for this kind of behavior so i'm certainly not going to sit here and take it from notre dame yeah i mean just i mean fuck notre dame honestly penn state really pisses me off too that one actually really pisses me off as well yeah they at least have good ice cream yeah i know well is it them in michigan state actually um i I think it was east lansing when i when i was there um they have a, a dairy on on campus that was actually a really funny trip by the way to East Lansing when I went there as a uh, making like what you know whatever I was making back then and I felt like a rich person in a college town because it was like (laughs) one dollar Labatt Blues and I'm like yes I'll take all of those thank you (laughs) yeah that's uh actually selling you one dollar underground Labatt Blues is the backbone of the East Lansing economy Ah. and uh, paying prosecutors not to bring charges against uh your sexual assaulting basketball players allegedly allegedly and we are allegedly going to awkwardly transition into week 14 (laughs) in the NFL (laughs) oh man my favorite thing actually I don't want to transition to that yeah I got one more thing real quick okay Heisman Trophy oh yeah I yes Uh, so I want a defensive player to win it just want you to know that yes so the four finalists are Bryce Young quarterback at Alabama Aiden Hutchinson, defensive end at Michigan, Kenny Pickett, quarterback at Pitt, and CJ Stroud, quarterback at Ohio State. Bryce Young is going to win. Mm-hmm. And I think when this happens, we should just officially say that this award is not for the best player in college football. There's been enough examples of this. Larry Fitzgerald should have won it. Mm-hmm. Is that uh, Jason White or whoever? Yes. And Dominican Sue, sure as shit, should have won it instead of Mark Ingram mm-hmm. that year. I mean, Dominican Sue is one of the best college football players of all time, yes. let alone in that season. And Aiden Hutchinson is the best player in college football this year. I think so. I do agree. But I think much like the MVP in the NFL, it's become a quarterback award for the most part, or running back. But I think it's more leaning yeah. now heavily toward quarterback. And I, I can understand that to an extent. Quarterback is the most p- important position probably in almost all sport, if you think about it, like in terms of college and professional athletics. But I do agree with you. It should be the best player. And Hutchinson has been the best player this season. And I think that his play has elevated Michigan to the heights that they are right now. And you could name a bunch of players on Alabama that have done that, right? Like when you yeah. have that kind of a, a roster, I don't know. 
and i just felt i just i agree with you like it just it doesn't feel like what it used to anymore it doesn't mean the same thing to me anymore because like heisman trophy winners don't really matter in the nfl anymore it used to mean something right when guys were going in like it it used to matter but it really doesn't anymore hasn't mattered for a while well no because they keep giving it to quarterbacks Jason White had like no knees that year. Right. Yeah. And you can be a great quarterback in college and not have a chance of making it in the uh, in the NFL. But like sometimes the best quarterback is the best player like Cam Newton or Lamar Jackson. Yep. Oh, yeah. Or Vince Young. And they definitely do deserve do deserve to win it. And Bryce Young's case. Now, in his defense, Alabama had eight players drafted into the first 38 picks last year. Yeah. And they're still crushing it this year. And their quarterback is a large part of the reason why, since Mac Jones is one of those 38 mm-hmm. or one of those eight that was taken in the first 38 picks. So I don't want to take anything away from Bryce Young. He's had a great season, but he is not the best player in the country. Aiden Hutchinson is the single best football player in the country. And if that's if that's who the award should go to, then that's who it should go to. If it's not supposed to go to that, then we just need to start saying that and just call it what I it don't is. know create one for defense and just have one for the best defensive player as well that is like on the same level mm-hmm. or trying to make it the same level or something because it's absolute horseshit that Hutchinson is not going to win this award crazy question so the last four Alabama quarterbacks was Jalen Hurts Tua yep. Mac yep. Jones and now Bryce yep. Young is it possible that Mac Jones is the fourth best Alabama quarterback on that list like, is Bryce Young going to eventually be better than him? I'm not talking about in terms of NFL prospects. I'm talking about college quarterbacking only. Mac Jones in his last year, Mac Jones was better than Jalen Hurts. Okay. I, I, I'm i a legitimate question because yeah. all, all four of those guys may end up being a starting quarterback in the NFL. Mac Jones was better than Jalen Hurts when Jalen Hurts was at Alabama. Okay. Jalen Hurts in Oklahoma. Yeah. All new story. So, but. At Alabama, Mac Jones is better than Jalen Hurts. If Jalen Hurts had played last year uh, instead of Mac Jones, would he have put up the same kind of stats as, as he did? Because they had the, the receiver receiving core is ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Jalen Hurts wins the Heisman last year and not Devontae Smith Yeah, in that case. Yeah, so, but... Um, Alabama man you gotta you gotta get hats off to him they keep rolling but I feel like the shelf life on, on Nick Saban's coaching career has got to be really small right now like it, it well, has if he, want, if he wants to join a sort of retirement he should probably do it <laughs> probably get to it I mean he's doing these Aflac commercials so he's gonna have to figure out you know something about retirement but he's same age as Belichick I think yeah but the college but the college coaches they have to coach year round they're always recruiting and yeah. they never have any time off True. and the NFL coaches the offseason is the offseason they gotta do you think go that there's a high percentage of recruiting trips that that Saban actually goes on like do you think he has to be the one to go on them because he is the face that he's selling or do you think that the program sells itself at this point no he's the closer okay I wasn't sure like I know that coaches do end up going for the big time uh, recruits but he's coming in with such a pedigree in like national championships yeah. like I don't know if it how much that actually matters to some of these players for the guy to actually show up it's more important when the head coaches show up at the high schools especially early in the process because it's it. like oh you know, Jim Harbaugh is coming to come into the coming to the school. He's coming to see, you know, Gardner Minshew the fifth. And that's so exciting and, and whatever. But then like the re- actual recruiter is going to be somebody else. And the Harbaugh will come in later and, and close it out. I think that's how it is. It's like, oh, Saban's, Saban's coming to yeah. school. You know, that's that's more the thing. That's fair. 
So, NFL? Yep. So, moving on to uh, the games uh, coming up this week. Starting on Thursday night, we got the Steelers at the Vikings. This is a huge game for both trying to make the playoffs, and I do expect the Vikings to bounce back from their loss to Detroit and get a big win here. I'm so not interested in, in the Steelers whatsoever. Like, I I couldn't be more apathetic toward that team. It's just, get them out of here. I'm actually rooting for the Vikings here. Yeah, I actually am rooting for the Vikings, too. However, I should mention that this is week 14, so this is the last week for all best ball tournaments mm-hmm. to qualify for the playoffs that start next week. So I'm actually rooting for very specific individual players this week. More than I'm rooting for any teams. So this week, I'm rooting for Chase Claypool and Alexander Madison in this game. That's fair. That's fair. So that's really what I want. If we get Chase Claypool 100 yards and two touchdowns and Madison 100 yards and two touchdowns, I don't care who wins the game because I will win the game. So that's what we're that's what we're looking for. That's fair. Um, getting into Sunday, no Saturday games this week. That's their next week. Yep. Uh, getting into Sunday. We have the Saints at the Jets. Alvin Kamara will be back, I think, for the Saints. But I actually think this is a very sneaky spot for the Jets to get another win. Yeah, I kind of like it too. I don't really have a lot of faith in the in the Saints. I think the wheels. I'm not sure. I'm not sure that the Jets are appreciably worse than the Saints. No, but man, they look appreciably worse than the Saints do. (laughs) Because God, that team is bad. At one point, by the way, Dave, it was 21 to 18, and I was like, the Jets would be tied in this game if their kicker was halfway competent. (laughs) Like halfway competent. Oh, poor Alex. It was I mean, bad. There, I mean, there's no, there's no getting around it. Like, there's no, there, there's, there's, there's no sugarcoating it. But yeah, that was like the thing about kicking. You either make it or you don't. There's no way you yeah. can be like, well, you know, the ball got tipped by a guy, so it's not really his fault. You either make it or you don't. There's no like Ray Finkel laces out shit. Like it either, right. it's either in or out, and. Two extra points in a row, and I was like, this is really bad, but didn't make the connection until you texted. You're like, well, my cousin is going to be a former Jets kicker. And I was like, oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm, uh, you know, I I mean, you'll be shocked to know that kicker transactions don't really make it across the timeline no. all that much, and I'm not sure that his aunt and my stepmother would be like in the family thread being like Alex just got cut so I haven't actually heard if he's still on the team or not yet I'm hoping he is I'm hoping they're like well we'll give the kid one more chance and like like I said he comes out and does something huge or whatever uh but that was that was not good but I do think this is a good spot for the Jets to to win a game this will get the Jets to their fourth win which I believe is what Cleep predicted yes the next game we have the Falcons at the Panthers and my first note was literally who cares oh god no but good. the answer is we do birds versus cats. That's very true. Let's go cats. Very true. I think the birds have the lead right now by one game. Okay. Yeah, this is so good. All, we need is, all we need is 33 carries from Chuba Hubbard to even it up. Let's go. That's true. It would actually be fitting if a bird and a cat team played in the Super Bowl and that was the tiebreaker game for the season. Then we could have an official end to this for the offseason. But oh man, Pan- uh, Falcons, Panthers pass red zone, baby. Yeah. Um, two bad teams could produce like a fun game, but hasn't happened yet this season though, by the way, like I'm still waiting for that game. I really don't, can't recall a a game that's been that awesome. Lions Vikings. Yeah, I guess, (laughs) but only the end was exciting. I'm not sure. Actually, if, if we, let, if we, if we go back to the footage here for a second, first victory of the year on the line, Goff's got it back. That does sound pretty exciting. I guess they've done it. I also thought it was great that it was Amon Ross St. Brown, whose dad is just brown. That was another great fun fact about that one. Yes. Um, The only way that could have been better is if it was against the Packers and his brother Equinemius St. Brown. 
Yeah, if he was covering him, that would only have been the greatest thing. <laughs> that that would be like the LeVar Ball of the NFL situation. Like, yeah. you've got to take a picture of that, and it's like, oh, man, I don't know. Hey, and, uh, the, the, the middle brother, Osiris St. Brown, who I'm sure is on the Hamilton Tiger Cats or something. That's a good name, uh, by the pro- way. Yeah, props to the Hamilton Tiger, Tiger Cats. They won the East Final over my Argos, so my Argos are out, not going to the Great Cup Final. Some of them said. Oh, is that uh, Canadian football? Yep. All right. Uh, which is awesome, by the way. Like, I, I'm realizing that, like, not everybody is basically from Canada like no. I am, and they get all the CFL games. CFL is legit, and, like, you should make a point to watch it, especially the Grey Cup. There's only three downs. The field is 110 yards long. The midfield is 55. Uh, if you fair catch a punt, you give up a point to the other team. Like, there's all sorts of cool shit. You can be running at the line of scrimmage before the snap. You just can't cross it. So receivers get like a full head of steam before the ball's even snapped. The end zone's 20 yards long. You can run like full post patterns. Mm-hmm. The goal posts are at the front on the goal line. CFL is awesome. It sounds like uh, what arena football wants to be just a lot cooler. Yeah, it's like the NFL and Calvin Ball like shoved together into one into Excellent. one thing. Excellent. Uh the next game here, we got the Seahawks at the Titans, and this could easily be the aforementioned DK Metcalf below spot. It could be. Tit- Man, we haven't talked about the Titans in a while because they were on a bye this week, weren't they? Oh, also, I misspoke. Texans, not Titans. Oh, Sorry. Good. Seahawks at Texans. That, that's, yeah, Sorry, that's, that's, that's a much different story. Texans, oof. Uh, yeah. Not from the DK Metcalf point of view, but uh, no. in general. But yes, in general, it is. Yeah, Seahawks at the Texans. Texans, man, they're bad. They're going to give the Lions a run for their money. I know. I'm so mad. Yeah, they they really I'm are. So mad. And you know, I do not want Aiden Hutchinson languishing on the Houston Texans. And guess what? It's not going to fucking matter for them if they draft him or not. Not going to no, matter. But they're going to look right at Aiden Hutchinson and for a whole host of reasons be like, that's the next JJ Watt. Yep. Mm-hmm. We want him and the Lions won't be able to get him. So I need mm-hmm. I need the Texans to go and get one more here. Fair enough. Then we have the Raiders at the Chiefs and the Raiders are the only team the Chiefs have looked like themselves against in like the last six weeks. Mm-hmm. So even if the Chiefs show up here, we get big gains from, you know, Tyreek and Travis Kelsey. Does it matter? No. Can we please end this with the Raiders? Like, can we put the dagger in now? Like, this is this what, what I Thanksgiving want. was supposed to be. This it is bullshit. Was. This is bullshit. But I, I'm telling you, Dave, I'm not scared about the Chiefs right now. Like, if I'm looking at the landscape of the AFC and the teams that are kind of involved, and I think about it this way, like what teams scare, let, let's take the Patriots, right? Let's, from a fan perspective, like what teams scare me? Chiefs don't really scare me because no. I don't think that they can figure it out. Like I, I do believe, I know you've said this about like the Bills and the Chiefs and stuff, but I feel like we are getting to the point it's it, where it's too late, right? They're, they're, if they're going to figure it out, they would have done it already. There's something holding this team back slight disagreement i don't think it's too late for teams from whom we've seen it before right but like when right, are they so, going to do it at right, some but point it's not too late but like if all of a sudden in week 17 the chiefs just turn it on and then win like six straight games and win the super bowl and they're looking like great won't be like oh where'd that come from it'd be like oh finally they showed up yeah but like cleveland yeah right that's where it could be too late because they haven't we haven't really seen it from them Except no. for one game last year against Pittsburgh, right? We haven't really seen it from them yet. So it might be too late to actually start to see it. The 49ers, you know, something mm-hmm. like that. But the Chiefs are the Bills. But as far as, like, teams to be afraid of for the Patriots, the Bills are much scarier than the Chiefs because the Bills are a much better matchup. Yes, I agree. Yeah. Um, the next game here, we have the Ravens at the Browns. And the thing is that Ravens lost to Pittsburgh this week. Leaves the door open for the Browns if the Browns could win here. But if the Browns don't win, their season is actually over. This yes. is actually 
this is basically the Super Bowl for Cleveland this week. The Browns, is it fair to say that they're the most disappointing team in the league? Given Baker injuries and other drama, like, is it fair to call them disappointing? Or is it more, this has been a perfect storm of what could go wrong for this team and for them to still be six and six is actually more of a miracle given everything that's going on. I think the Seahawks win that title. Okay. But but they're I mean but the Browns are right there. Browns it's are kind, kind of, of the, right there, right? Yeah. But I think the Seahawks because the Seahawks actually could have just been the best team in that division and mm-hmm. rolled through and then they had Geno Smith and no chance. I just I think the Seahawks are the most disappointing, but I'd hear an argument for the Browns. Yeah, they, they I, I, I don't know if it's fair to call them disappointing. That's why I'm asking. Like, it could just be circumstances happen. I mean, they call it overcome by events. Like, if Baker's yeah. healthy all year long, are they six and six? I don't, I don't know. I don't think no. so. I really don't. I think they're nine and three. Seven. Oh, they might be seven and five. I mean, the way this year's going, it might only be worth one game. But seven and five would feel a lot better than the six and six right now with what feels like an elimination game coming up. Yeah, because they're playing the eight and four Ravens. So if they were seven and five, they yeah. beat the Ravens. Now they're even with the split on the year. So they're going to split on the year and still be a game behind the Ravens if they win this week. But that's why they can't lose. If they lose this game, they fall three games behind Baltimore, having been swept by Baltimore. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no point after that. Like at that point, they're done. So they absolutely must win this game this week. This only only the uh, the next game we're going to talk about is more important, I think, for the two teams involved than this game for the Browns. Like, the Browns absolutely must win or their season is over. Agreed. The next game, we have the Dallas Cowboys and the Washington football team. The winner of this game actually does take full control of the division and truly does control their own destiny to win it. Yeah, I I like the Cowboys. And I feel, I feel hesitant to say that, but I just feel like the Cowboys have got to finally bring it here. But would it surprise me if Washington won? No. This feels like the game where the football team finally gets exposed for not having Chase Young. There you go. They can't get pressure on Dak. He has time to sit back, throw to Amari Cooper, who's finally over COVID three weeks later. Mm-hmm. And and that's that. Like, this kind of feels like where the football team gets exposed a little bit. And if the football team loses, they have seven losses, and there's no way that the Cowboys are losing seven or more games. I don't I think. Don't, I don't think so. I don't think. That doesn't feel I likely. mean, they get what? They get the football team again, the Eagles twice, and the Giants one more time. Yeah, it doesn't feel likely because what, what would they be eight or would they have eight or nine wins after, if they win this game? I can't remember. I can't remember. One or the other. I think it's nine. So it's highly unlikely. No, Dallas does play Arizona in week 17 because that's championship week for fantasy. So I yeah. know that one. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be a tough one. Mm-hmm. That's in Arizona. True. But other than that, it's all NFC East teams. I think that they're playing. So. Yeah. And you watch, they'll, be, they'll, they'll sweep every team except the Giants. They'll lose to the Giants. I and mean, then Kadarius Tony touchdown. Yep. Uh, the next game here, we have the Jags at the Titans. Oh. <laughs> I, I only wrote down one note for this game. Jags, 21-17. I, I'd buy it. I, w- I would buy it because I still feel the Titans, we're forgetting how, how wrecked they are. Like, yeah. they are wrecked. And they have nothing. Like, absolutely nothing. I was listening to a show earlier today talking about all the players that people tried to pick up in fantasy after all the players got hurt on the Titans, and it is a veritable who's who of who the fuck is that? <laughs> right. So well, they might get they might get Julio back this week. Who cares? Like, it doesn't right. matter. As you would say all the time, it doesn't matter. Like no, Julio does Jones not is not going to be catching twenty eight balls in this game. There's just no way. No, no, totally, totally done. 
Uh, the next game, we have the Giants at the Chargers. And Lord help me. First of all, the Giants are starting Jake Fromm in this game. Uh, you might remember Jake Fromm from such movies as Run Justin Fields out of Georgia. Mm-hmm. And I have small hands. What, so, a, what a stupid move by Georgia. Oh, my God. They'd have won a national I, title if they'd had Justin Fields. Uh, not only would they have won a national title, Ohio State is running out some fifth-string walk-on quarterback last year or last like two years ago said so Justin Fields and they probably don't beat Michigan 62 to 39 mm-hmm. like that decision by Georgia screwed me personally <laughs> as well by sending Justin Fields to Ohio State so what an awful move all the way around Jake Fromm sucked at Georgia yeah he's gonna suck in this game and the Chargers are gonna steamroll this game however they don't have Keenan Allen because apparently Keenan Allen is unvaccinated and has COVID. You had to say it. The dude went to Berkeley. What is wrong with people? It's this weird thing with athletes that they feel as if the the vaccine is going to somehow like hurt their chances as a as a top tier athlete. This is I feel like what LeBron went through. Now LeBron is supposedly vaccinated now, but I do wonder to myself the Aaron Rodgers situation. I don't feel like it's an outlier. There's a lot more hidden unvaxxers in sports specifically, like professional sports, because there's some weird thing about performance and I need to have all control over my body. I don't understand it. If you drink alcohol, if you have any bit of fast food ever, you're taking a big risk with that no matter what. So I don't get it. If you get COVID. Yeah, well, there's that too. But I mean, to me, that's like the obvious thing. But some people feel... (laughs) Some people feel that getting sick is a lot less of a thing than putting what they don't know. Like, oh, the devil I know versus the devil I don't. Well, technically speaking, you don't know anything about COVID either. Not yeah. as much as we, we, we would. Like, we're not medical professionals here. But it's a HIPAA violation to ask people about it, so whatever. But he won't <laughs> be playing for them. But I don't care. Like, I have no sympathy for, for any of these situations. Like, if you're unvaccinated and you miss time, tough shit. Right. And but also Big Mike Williams is a close contact and he's got a quarantine and test now. And as long as he remains negative, he'll be able to play. But because he's such a close contact with Keenan Allen, they could be down both of them this week and it won't mm-hmm. matter against Jake Fromm. But yeah. well, we'd like to think not. Yeah, also this game is Joe Judge against Brandon Staley, which that is a big gap. Joe Judge, Freddie Kitchens, and Jake Fromm against Brandon Staley himself is just, it's still a mismatch. <laughs> the Giants would be better off if they let Jake Fromm coach the team with Joe Judge play quarterback. So here's another question. Jason Garrett, oh, terrible coach, but that firing was basically just a scapegoat for all the problems that they got going on there, right? Is that another yeah, one? Yes, also, I think, he, I think he and Joe Judge hate each other. I'm not surprised. Because Jason Garrett is a terrible coach, but he's not like a complete doofus. <laughs> and I think he's like a Joe Judge, like, wow, this guy is a dunce, and I have to listen to him. Like, I'm not I'm not putting up with this. They started to push him back a little bit because if you're Jason Garrett's point of view, you're looking at this guy like, well, what have you ever done? And you're like, I just coached the Cowboys for 10 years. Did right. nothing with it, but I still coached the damn <laughs> Cowboys for 10 years. Tony Romo carried my water to the playoffs three times. No kidding. Yeah. Uh, the next game here, we have the Lions at the Broncos. Prediction stance is called the Lions 34, Broncos 13. Good night, Vic Fangio. Yeah, Vic Fangio's going to get fired. At halftime. He might. He very well. There's actually going to be a lot of coaches fired this year, I think. I think this is going to be an interesting one. And it's going to be a lot of the same relatively aged coaches, like these older 
you know coaches who are like we're going to play power football and all this shit it's like "Mm -mm, nope get these guys out of here bring in the joe brady's bring in all of these younger guys who want to actually play the game of football that's being played today yep absolutely uh next thing about the 49ers at the Bengals. this is a very very interesting game but the Bengals can score more than 24 points Mm -hmm. so unless the 49ers want to switch quarterbacks they are not going to win this game and this could actually be the jamar chase game we've been waiting for for a couple weeks no debo right or is he day-to-day he's claiming it's a week it was supposed to be one to two weeks he's saying he's going to be back but he didn't practice uh i don't know today's wednesday i don't know if he practiced today which is a much bigger deal so if he gets in a full practice at any point this week he's playing for sure if it's all limited 50 50 if he doesn't practice thursday or friday man it's not it's not looking good Bengals win this by two touchdowns if debo doesn't play i really feel like the Bengals have the firepower to to pull away from jimmy g and if he's gonna make stupid throws like he did oh my goodness yeah. oh my god like a couple of the throws i was like what is he doing like i'm looking at this from a bystander's perspective and even i know don't fucking do that and i don't know what he was looking at he threw it right to a linebacker like there's no 49er in the vicinity none and i'm like that's not the read he was supposed to make he doesn't even know what the hell's going on in that play exactly big game next bills at bucks man the bills just can't catch a break like they go from this game in the pa- the game at the patriots which they got navy midshipmen and then what do they get as a consolation prize brady again except yeah. in, t- in tampa this time at least the weather's going to be better so here's the thing the Bills farting around all year has put them in a position where they're in a must-win game on the road against Tom Brady. Well, if you think about it, if they lose this game, Patriots are on a bye this week. Now they're two games behind in the division, and they, they get to play the Patriots one more time. But the Patriots have a tough schedule. The Bills have a pretty light schedule, I think. So the division's not out of reach, but it is kind of crazy to think of the Bills at 7-6. and six. Yeah, they just would really like to have that Jags game, huh? 100%. Jags game, I mean, Titans. Steelers. Yeah. Right? Steelers to open the year. Yeah, they've had some. They, they, I mean, that's three really bad losses. Well, the Titans game, at least they were in it driving to possibly win it. And we that's where I had my process versus result uh, yes. thing. But the Titans are ass. Now even they though are. they had Derrick Henry for that. Like, they let Derrick Henry run for 9 million yards and mm-hmm. 400 touchdowns. And they let Jonathan Taylor do the same thing. Yeah. So it's like. The other team's got one player. Just go ahead and stop them, and they couldn't do it on two different occasions. Very true, actually. And you're right about Ramondre Stevenson, by the way. He was running hard in that game. He's a beast. He is. He is. And he had 24 carries after Damian Harris left. Now, Damian Harris, that run was pretty electric. That 67-yard run was, was really good. But you're right about the Bills. Like It does make me wonder, if the Bills make the playoffs, are they going to have trouble with some of these teams because of what you just said? Like, is it going to come out? Because think about this now. They're going to play the Bucks, who have, like, a billion weapons. Yep. I don't know. I, yeah, probably. Like, I'm just looking at Austin Eckler for yeah. 150-3 mm-hmm. against, against the Bills in the first round or something. Like, imagine if the Bills end up pulling, like, the Colts or something like that. Like, the Colts somehow win the division, and the Bills have to go to Indianapolis to play them. And now, all of a sudden, they got to see Jonathan Taylor again. Like, it, it, it's, a, it's a scenario that sounds crazy because of everything I've said about the AFC South. That's totally a scenario in which I could see the Bills losing their first weekend. Yep, absolutely. The Sunday night game, we got the Bears at the Packers. Uh, Justin Fields is back, mercifully, after Andy <laughs> Dalton. I mean... Not, a, not for him, but for us. 
Yeah, yeah, mercifully for uh, for us and just for football in general. Could you imagine Andy Dalton having to go to Lambeau on a primetime game? No. Randy, Andy Dalton was so fucking bad in that game. And it was just so bad. He looked like Ben Roethlisberger and Jimmy G had a child. Like, that's how bad he was. <laughs> it's so bad. Uh, A.J. Dillon, I think, could get a ton of carries in this game because I expect a positive game script for the Packers. And they've shown recently that when they're in a lead, A.J. Dillon's the one that gets the carries. Also, for the best balls, I uh, could really use A.J. Dillon 100 yards and two touchdowns. So, please, Mr. Dillon, feel free. And you'll be forgiven for decommitting from Michigan to go to Boston fucking college. You will like this correction that I made today. I was listening to that app that I was telling you about. And somebody mm-hmm. was was doing a show about um, the the games coming up this weekend. They talked about Bears and and and, uh, and Packers, and they said, you know, Aaron Rodgers claimed that he owned them, and I immediately requested the mic, and I was like, let me make a correction. He said, I fucking own you. That's a big difference. <laughs> yes, a big difference. After a lady gave him the double bird, like you yes. got to give that context there because he didn't say, yeah, I own them. I played really well against them. He looked at the crowd and said, I fucking own you. And I've always owned you. Correct. Like, I, you yeah. are my, we can't say this word, but you get the idea. Like, yeah, yeah. he, and I was like, I have to make this correction. Like, if you're going to talk about this, you've got to give me the juicy details. Like, this isn't some stupid trash talk that, like, an Eli Manning would make. This is, he's a legendary asshole, but he's a legendary trash talker. Yeah, I mean, the best trash talk is true. And there ain't, there ain't nothing Bears can say back, can say back about that. And then the Monday night game, just, so amazing rams at cardinals mm-hmm. i'm so excited i'm not doing shit on monday night i'm not going to be doing anything else it's the final game for all the best balls and it's huge because of course the rams are huge you got kyler and nuke and all sorts of stuff it's just i'm getting i'm getting fried chicken i'm going to drink regular soda not no diet no zero i'm getting real pepsi a real fried chicken i'm watching this huge game that will probably end 16 to 13 yeah, I was about to say 13-12 or something like that. Some <laughs> stupid scoregami game. But if the Rams lose, the division's out of play, right? Yes. Completely done. So yes. this actually has a lot of stakes to it. And the Rams really need this. Not just yeah, for the division. The Ram- they need it for their, their mojo. Yeah, because they're only winning. They're coming off the big win over the Jags. And before that, they lost three on the trot, including to the Packers and like some other decent team. I don't Good, Like anymore. decent uh, Colts? Was it Col- Colts? No. Are, t- no, they played the Colts early on in the season. That's right. Yeah. Um, it Who was. The fuck ever. You know why the I said the Colts? Is, because Matt Stafford looked like Carson Wentz. That's why I keep that's saying right. it. Yeah. That's right. But, like, it doesn't matter. The point is is that they need to prove they can beat a good team. This is in the division. Like, they lost to the to the Cardinals already in their house, so they don't want to get swept. Mm-hmm. Like, this is this is a huge game for, for the Rams. And the Cardinals smell blood in the water, and Kyler's back, and Nuke will be fully healthy for this game. It's just... This should be a really, really, really grateful. Uh, by the way, uh, similar, you know, on, on a similar tangent here. After this past weekend with uh, Patriots winning in Buffalo, it is now a Kingsbury versus Belichick for Coach of the Year, right? Like, there's no other discussion. There's no chance. That's it. Because the Cardinals traditionally would have lost all those games with Colt McCoy at quarterback. And the fact yes. that they didn't tells me that they're a better coach team this year. And you've got to give the credit to Kingsbury words too. Yes, he's doing he's doing a good job uh, coaching this year. Mainly, he just stopped kicking so many goddamn field goals. Yeah, and isn't Nick Folk like one of the best uh, fantasy players, like as a kicker or something like that, right now? So, like Bill Belichick's yes. probably kicking more field goals than he's ever kicked before, and somehow that's translating to a win. But yeah, but he but the Patriots are a run first, play good defense, field position team. 
they're not an air raid Kyler Murray, New Cop Kids, no. James Conner, 42 touchdowns team. That team should not be kicking field goals. But from your analytical mind, not like a fan watching the game, were you like impressed by the game plan that the Patriots had and doing what they did and doing it successfully? Or were you like, oh, this is horseshit? I was impressed because it was reasonable and sensible given the situation. I was more unimpressed with Buffalo's effort in coaching than I was impressed with the Patriots. But the discipline to stick with it for the Patriots, yeah, that's because Bill Belichick's a psychopath. And so, like, I would have been like, I have to throw a pass. Like, even it's like a tendency breaker. I'd be like, I have to throw a pass like once every eight plays just to keep him a little bit honest. And he was like, nope, Ramondre, go get him. Yeah, the, the first pass, the John Smith catch, I said, that might be one of the best catches you'll see all year. Like, that was fantastic, and it was yeah. completely unnecessary. Yeah, and then you tell Belichick was just like, I am, we're not throwing another pass. That's it. That was that. And he waited until the end of the first quarter. You could have waited for the second quarter when at least the wind was at your back. He waited to throw. He, he made Mac throw it completely into the wind. But I think he wanted to see Mac throw it in the wind so he would know for the second half. Yeah. So based on game situation... Is it worth taking worth taking a risk then? So I actually I think it would have been bad coaching to not have Max try one into the wind to see what the results would be. No, I think that's fair. Uh, but I think the the announced team had said you'll probably see him throw a pass in about forty five seconds, and he drops back and throws that floater, and I was like, oh, that had interception written all over it. If not for Michael Jordan, I mean Jonu Smith making that <laughs> catch because he literally did the jump man pose, like trying to catch he that did. thing, and he tipped it to himself like twice. And yeah. then caught it falling to the ground. And then he's probably like, don't ever fucking do that again. <laughs> yeah, great. That, that was a awful game, but also a very fun game to watch. By the way, Cleve didn't put your comment together about Tua and Mac Jones and how you were going to catch up. And I told him that this morning and he's like, that's what he meant. And I was like, yeah, two for three for 19 yards totally catches him up. That's basically like Mac Jones didn't play. Right, and Tua throws for more yards per game generally, so Mac just just missing one game might be enough for Tua to make up for like the four games he missed earlier. By the one thing we haven't talked about is Rookie of the Year. We I don't think we have talked about that at all um, on on the show either here or or before. Um, do you do you have any favorites for that for both? Like, I mean, I would assume it's Jamar Chase or Najee Harris. You think so? I, I would think it's not going to be one of the quarterbacks. No, that's fair. So, and is it Micah Parsons for defense? Yeah, oh, that's a lock. Yeah, okay, I was going to oh. say that's a lot. Yeah, by the way, I went, but when I was going back to find that footage about, uh, I left this one out for you. You said that the Cowboys should have taken an offensive lineman instead of Micah Parsons. You're probably still right. It just, mm-hmm. Micah Parsons is a fantastic player, but I was like, yeah, I actually forgot that he had said that. But I said that the Cowboys made a mistake taking another off ball linebacker. Yeah. If I knew they were playing Micah Parsons as a speed rush defensive end, mm-hmm. that's different because that's a position you should be taking there. Yeah. So using Micah Parsons as, as you know, DeMarcus Ware is different than like using him as another Leighton Vander Esch, which is what his college position was. So they are using him much better than he would have anticipated at the time I made that comment. Pass rushing defensive ends can go that high in the draft and so it was a good pick. is that just a testament to the fact that he's that talented yes because he has just been all over the place like it's not even close and some people have said like you can't put him in there for defensive player of the year and i was like i mean he's been playing super super well i get what they're saying they're saying tj watt and i was like hasn't watt been hurt micah parsons was committed to rutgers goes on an official visit to michigan decommits from rutgers i start losing my mind and he committed to penn state Yep. 
fuck Penn State. I was unhappy <laughs> when that happened. I was like, oh, just go to Rutgers then. At least the Cowboys didn't draft some nondescript, gritty white linebacker. That's kind of what they were doing for a while. There's Sean Lee and Vayton, Vayton uh, whatever his name is, Vander Esch, Leighton, excuse me. Um, it's Mac Salad. <laughs> that was actually up. <laughs> Did you have a moment where he said that? And I was like, what the fuck is he talking about? And I was like, <laughs> Max Sala. When I was like, what? What is he? What was that? He just threw a name out there and he's just like, <laughs> I'm going with it. He doubled down on it. No, I do like I do like though that Mac Jones, the pick of Mac Jones, is living in his head so mm-hmm. much that when thinking about Zach Wilson, Mac Jones was in his mind, so he called the coach Mac Mac Salad. That was so, so great. Um man. Yeah. Well, Dave, another fun post game. You got anything else before we get out of here? Uh no, man. That was uh that was it. Really just the Heisman stuff is all I had uh planned. Yeah, I've really enjoyed this segment. Uh it kinda has a different feel than the other show and uh, some of the people that listened to it said they really like it. So um I still want to get Cleve doing something. I think him doing a cover zero would be fucking hilarious. All the people that he thinks are bust and we would find out it's just everybody. Like I love when we ask him and he's like, What player is that again? And it's like you can't even keep inventory in your head of all the people that you've taken a complete dump on. Well, to the- be fair, most players are terrible. So uh, yeah. Yeah, but he just has a it's just really great in Mac Salad. So everybody uh, go and, you know, fire Mac Salad or whatever it is that you're doing. Uh, appreciate you hanging out for the post game. And Dave, I'll, uh, you know, I'll be t- chatting with you offline, buddy. All right. See you later. The opinions and viewpoints expressed on political football are those of Cleve, Dave and Matty Ice and not necessarily those of the Matty Ice Media Network. Political Football is exclusively owned by Cleve, Dave, and Matty Ice and is brought to you by the Matty Ice Media Network.